We thank you for this day that we can come and gather in your name and worship you. We are here to worship. We're here to declare that you are God, that you have spoken into our hearts and into our lives, and that we are never, we have never been the same because of your love and grace. God, we gather here with the sun shining in the part of the country where we live, but we know that there are parts of our country right now that are in pain, that are hurting, as Hurricane Matthew has, has come up. We pray for those communities that have been affected by the storm. We pray that your, your grace and your peace would be with people in those communities, that as they repair their homes, as they repair their lives, as they deal with the damage of that storm, that they can find the peace that passes all understanding, the peace that comes from you that they can know that you are with them and that even through the hardest and darkest days, joy will come for them in the morning. God, we know that we are here today because of your love. Your love has called us to this place. So as we turn to your word read and proclaimed, we simply ask that you continue speaking to us and that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear you. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This morning we have reached the penultimate topic in our Why Church sermon series, and it's perhaps the most important topic of the whole series, at least as far as this church is concerned. You see, all churches offer worship, and, and a, a good many of them focus on worship. All churches think that prayer is a good thing. Most churches are engaged in some form of service and discipleship. What is unique about Spirit and Life? Why should you come to this church instead of all the other churches around here? Clearly, it's the smart and witty pastor. No, that is not why. Why does spirit and life exist at all? This morning, we're going to talk about the distinctive thing that spirit and life has to offer our community. This morning, we are going to talk about the thing that I think makes spirit and life different from all the other churches that I've been a part of. And lest we ever forget it, it's right in the middle of our mission statement. The mission of spirit and life is to help people authentically encounter Jesus Christ through worship and small groups for lives of service. We can safely assume that most churches exist for the sake of bearing Jesus Christ to the world. And we've said that all churches put a focus and emphasis on worship and involve some sort of service and discipleship. But right in the middle of our mission statement, we have something distinctive and unique, and that is small groups. Now, many churches do small groups, but what makes us different is the emphasis we put on small groups. For us, small groups are right up there with worship when it comes to your discipleship and the way that God wants to transform your life. Here at Spirit and Life, we believe that small groups connect you to God and to other people, and we believe those connections form the basis of discipleship, and we believe that it has been this way since the very beginning of the church. In Acts chapter 1, 
Scripture says, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. This passage of Scripture takes us immediately, or takes place immediately following the resurrection and ascension of Christ. We like to say that Jesus started a small group with the twelve, and he did. That's kind of a bad preacher joke. But what we see is that as the church is forming, the disciples, now apostles, come together along with some women for the, from the community for discipleship to share their new life together. Now the next big event in the book of Acts is the sending of the Holy Spirit, which is when the church goes from just those closest to Jesus to people from all over. It's the church's IPO, if you will. And when the Holy Spirit comes down, we see the church comes together again for fellowship and discipleship. Here is the description of the early church found in Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. We see again that as the early church is forming and growing, people come together. They share their lives, they pray together, they learn together, they eat together. They formed small groups. When Spirit and Life was formed, we wanted to continue in that model. We began with a sure belief that apart from worship, the biggest way God changes lives and brings people together is in small groups. That is where you learn together. That is where you share life together. It's where you learn how to love other people, and it's where you can find accountability as you journey in faith together. And this is all the more important in Northern Virginia. There are a few of us, a few of us strange people, who were born here and have stayed here. We do exist, and we still live here. But many in our neighborhoods and in our communities are here from somewhere else, following a career or because home is where the military sends you. And regardless of whether or not you've been here forever or are here for now, relationships, friendships, and community can be so hard to come by. In an era when we don't always know our neighbors, in an era where it's easy to maintain digital connections but very difficult to make physical connections, it can be hard to connect to other people. And if we aren't connected to other people, it can be hard to maintain a connection to God. This is how Spirit and Life has attempted to bless this community for the past five and a half years through helping people encounter Jesus Christ in worship and in small groups so that they can go and serve the world and be disciples. 
For five and a half years, this church has transformed lives through worship here on Sunday mornings, but most prominently through people's commitment to being discipled in a small group. To restate a bad joke, that's our secret sauce. If you have been coming here for a few years and you have been part of a small group, I imagine you know the amazing transformative power that small groups can have. If you are new to us and haven't been a part of a small group, I hope that hearing some stories about how God can transform your life will convince you to give small groups a try. Small groups are truly the best way we know to how to let God transform your life. That was the line I was going for the whole sermon, so I'm going to say it again because I messed it up the first time. Small groups are truly the best way we know how to let God impact and change your life. But that's enough from me. I would like to invite forward a couple people whose lives have been transformed by small group participation in this church. So TJ and Sarah, if you'll come forward. I guess I'm going to go first. Uh, Again, like Pastor Matt said, my name is TJ Cuddy, and I've been involved in multiple small groups for almost about the five years that we've been coming here to this church, but there's two that I'm currently active in right now, and that's being a part of the praise and worship team and then being part of the Sleeping Giants men's ministry. Um, The praise and worship team, we meet on Wednesday nights for practice where we'll usually do a devotional have some prayer time with each other, and then go over the songs in preparation for Sunday. I am not always able to make it to this due to my work schedule, but whenever I can, I try to get plugged in. We also come here around 8 o'clock on Sunday mornings to get set up and then practice again. This is a very important time for all of us because we begin worshiping as soon as we get here. Um, We're able to welcome the Spirit in, and we prepare our hearts to be able to worship Him. It's been very important for me in my relationship with God to be able to do this for him and use the talents that he gave me in a way to be able to give back to him. The other group I'm actually involved in is the Sleeping Giants Men's Ministry, and we meet on Thursday nights. This is a great study where we take the key concepts from Kenny Luck, who developed the series, and has taught us to be able to get plugged in, get healthy in our own spiritual lives, get strong with our biblical knowledge and our day-to-day living, and then go out and try and make more disciples and be able to be active in our churches. I've been very blessed beyond measure with meeting this group of men. Um, There's about eight of us that meet on a regular basis and others that come in and out, and we study the books in the series and then other books. There's a current book we're doing right now called Enemy Access Denied, um, which teaches us not to fall to the many deceptions that Satan would have you to believe and be able to shut that door in your heart to him forever and live a godly life. Um, There's a lot of great things that I get, but what really has changed my life is that being involved in a small group has been life-changing for me and very enriching. I'm able to make friendships where Christ is always at the center. I'm able to worship, fellowship, break bread. And Dustin, I told you we break lasagna. We do other things too from time to time. But again, being able to have Christ in the center where we're able to lift each other up, but then know that we're also being lifted up by others as well. Um, I love worshiping Sunday mornings with you all here. Um, But Christ hasn't called us to do that just one time a week. 
He wants us to be able to worship with fellow Christians as, as often as we can, and small groups is a great opportunity to do this. And like I said, it's been life-changing and enriching for me. And I encourage you all, if you haven't done it, please speak to myself, the others who are about to share, Mike, anyone, because we would love to get you guys possibly plugged in. Thank you. share a little bit about the group that TJ was talking about in a minute. <clears throat> I am Sarah Harrington, and I've been coming to Spirit in Life for about three years now. I'd like to share with you how the Lord used small groups to help pull me out of the darkest time in my life. One day, a boy, a boy met a girl, me, and fell in love. They loved each other deeply. He proposed, she said yes. I became a teacher, he became a student, a doctoral student. We had two amazing kids. Our kids grew up to love soccer and become Christians. After countless hours studying, 12 years of marriage, he received his PhD. One Sunday, two weeks later, my world was shaken. He told me he was unhappy. He told me it was over. I asked him why. I asked him to try. I asked him to stay. The kids asked why. The kids begged him to stay. When he told them he didn't know if that he would ever see them again, my daughter tried to give him a crayon to remember him by, to remember her by. He refused to take it, leaving her and my son and me crying. He packed his bags and left. I was shocked, numb, abandoned, rejected, and alone. Instantly, my world was pitch black. I remember vividly the night, the first night I tried to sleep in the space of my new reality, the reality not chosen by me, but shoved onto me and my kids. I remember the pain, the suffering, the wide oceans of tears, and the depths of sadness. But in the midst of the blurriness, the Lord gave me a clear vision, displaying how much wider and deeper his love is for me. I'll read it out of my journal. I was lying in bed, knowing it was dark outside but not sure how many hours I had been moaning, deeply crying tears of desperation. In an instant, the Lord gathered my family and closest friends around my bed. They were standing around me, praying for me, singing with me, singing to me, with smiles on their faces. In that moment, the Lord met me. He came to me and showed me his face. He covered me in his grace and sheltered me in his embrace. All of my family was in California. They were amazing, though. They dropped everything and came on a flight to be with me for the first three weeks. 
After that time, the numbness and shock turned to raw, bleeding pain. I came to church the following Sunday and remembered the small group called Single Moms, realizing for the first time I was a single mom. I met them at the cafeteria table after church. They asked me my story, and I broke down. They surrounded me with love and comfort and humor. Thank you to Jessica for all the humor. And those of you who know Jessica know what I mean. It was a promise coming true from the Lord who surrounded me that very first night, showing me that he uses others in order to demonstrate his love for me. These amazing ladies became my instant support group encouraging me in the Lord, praying with me, loving me, taking my kids when I needed a break, (laughs) picking up and dropping off my kids at school when I had a meeting, picking up their phone in the middle of the night so I could have someone to cry with. You see, it was more than words to them. It was action. It was actively demonstrating God's love in my life. It gets better. I realized through the single moms group and much prayer (laughs) that I needed to serve. See, God was calling me in the midst of all of my pain and my entire world being stripped away to realize that one thing remained the same, my identity in him. He desired more for me He said to me, you are blessed. You're my light in this world, Sarah, at work, at church, in your home, to your kids, to your family. Do it all to my glory, whether in words or actions. May it point directly to me. May you glorify and bring thanks to me in all these places so that others can see me in you. I've always played the piano, thank you to my mom and dad, and I loved playing in church growing up, so I joined the music team as well. I was in two small groups. They they meet weekly for devotions and then practice. Once again, God showed me his outpouring of love in my life through this additional small group. This amazing group of musicians helped me. They encouraged me. They helped me move. (laughs) They brought me heaters for my house when my (laughs) heat wasn't working. (laughs) They fixed my toilet. Thank you, Tom. And they blessed me each week. The very first Sunday that I served with them playing the piano, something happened at home when I returned. I sat at my piano, and I began, for the first time, writing songs. Songs about God's love in my life. Songs about his comfort and raw pain. Songs about his grace and mercy. These songs are testimonies to myself and my children of his unwavering love, his relentless grace, and his all-consuming hope in my life. 
He says in his word that he'll never leave or forsake. He doesn't say crappy stuff won't happen. (laughs) But he told me over and over again, I will never leave you. I'm always with you no matter what. I'm everlasting. My love for you is everlasting. My comfort is everlasting. My peace for you is everlasting. You are loved. I love you. I'm here, right here with you, holding you always. I will bless you. But you need to learn to lean on others to experience my full love. I will place them in your life. Trust me. Believe. He has fulfilled everything he promised to me in my life. And I've got many, many promises written in this journal, and every single one of them has come true. One of the main ways he has demonstrated his love is through these amazing people that I've met through this church, specifically the two incredible small groups. They've supported me, prayed with me, cried with me, and loved me through incredibly difficult times. I thank them immensely. Single mom group members that are here, some of them are gone today. Would you please stand? Can we give them a hand? Thank, Thank you for the love that you poured out on Side note, if you know some incredibly God-fearing single men, these are some incredible ladies. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Worship team members who have ever been with me in my group, can you please stand? Thank you for your love. Pour it out on me. He told me that I would have love again and someone to love my kids and share life with, and I do. This is Doug. (laughs) My mom and dad happen to have flown in from California, and they're here as well. I encourage you to join small groups if you haven't already, such as these amazing people standing before you, to experience God's love in a brand new way because people are an extension of his love in your life. I leave you with a song that I wrote. It doesn't have music yet, but I'm sure it will soon. Along this road as I reflect, Bumps and bruises along the way. One thing remains constant. You are with me, holding me. Along this journey here and now, blessings spring poppies along the road. Truth revealed in full bloom. You're faithful. You're my identity. Ahead the bend, I imagine, uncertainties wait. Excited and anxious. You'll take my hand as you have before. You're guiding me and leading me closer to you. My rock, 
my Redeemer, my faithful Savior. I'm speechless at your love. I'm speechless, speechless at your love. church family my name is Jess and most Sundays you see me singing with Marty Heidi and Deb in the praise band well this Sunday I could not be here I'm teaming with Marty on this Emmaus weekend serving the Lord by serving his sheep but Pastor Matt asked me to give a testimony on my small group experience within spirit and life so I decided to record this short video and tell you all how small groups have strengthened my faith walk my small group is primarily the praise band we try to get together weekly to practice and worship, but life can be busy. For me, when I'm singing about and for our Lord is when I feel most connected to Him. I grew up in a musical family. Everyone sings. All of my uncles play an instrument, and so do most of my cousins. So you could say, music is in my DNA. I sang in the children's choir at my grandma's church when I was little and sang in school choruses until high school. Singing is my instrument. I never learned how to play an actual instrument. I tried, but could never quite get it. When I lost my son Richard 15 years ago, I lost all faith in God and completely turned away from him. It took a year to bring me back, but when he did, it was through his music. He was speaking a language I understood. Every song I heard felt like it was about me, about how I needed him to take away the pain. And he did. Don't get me wrong. I'll never forget. But I learned to live again. To live in him. In 2010, my husband Mylon and I started attending Spirit and Life. And what connected us to the church was the music. Mylon grew up in a musical family also. So music is the best way to get us to connect. I loved the music on Sunday mornings. And the sermons were great too. But in the back of my mind, I kept thinking how I would be so great for that praise band. But I lacked the confidence to even go and talk to the music director, let alone stand on that stage and sing in front of all of you. Three years went by with this nagging thought in my mind, go talk to them, go sing with them. But there was always that other side. No, don't do it. They'll laugh at you. You're not that good anyways. One day, I stopped listening to the negative thought in my head and went and talked to one of the members of the praise band. Not the music director. That was a little too scary still. To my surprise, I, wel I was welcomed with open arms and grateful hearts. I now know that it was God telling me to go and do and the enemy telling me, you're not good enough. I'm so glad that I stopped listening to the enemy and took that leap of faith. Being in this small group has strengthened my faith walk and brings me closer to God. Joining the praise band has brought me to Emmaus, which changed my life. But that's another testimony. Ask me about it sometime. Working with Marty and her husband, Mark, has started to bring me out of my shell. 
by leading songs every so often and making me less stiff on stage. I no longer hide behind the music stand with a mic clutched in my hand, but rather set the music stand to the side and let the music flow out. It's God I'm singing to anyways. He doesn't want me to hide anymore. Small groups are, for me, the best way to stay connected to God throughout the week. As our other pastor Matt says, when you go to church, you get fed, but you don't eat just once a week, do you? No. So joining a small groups helps fill you up throughout the week, as well as a daily study, which I highly recommend. So if you're new to Spirit and Life, or you've been here since the beginning, small groups help you connect and stay connected. Now go get plugged in so you can connect. Bye. Have a great Sunday. We believe God can transform your life and work miracles through small groups. But we can't talk about, talking about it theoretically 